Yep. Although one of the amazing things about Marianne Fons that she said, which, which sometimes it's the simplest things that blow your mind, she says, remember to take into account the stitch and the fold when, when calculating your quarter inch seam allowance. And I'm like, what in the voodoo <laughs> magic of the sewing gods? Um, she's just so brilliant, right? Welcome to the Inappropriate Quilters podcast, where we talk about life, quilting, and we throw in a few inappropriate things. I'm your host, Leslie Bircher, along with my inappropriate friend and co-host, Rochelle Rice. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so Pride and Joy Quilting... We have Barushka on, and Yay. I am so tickled because she. I feel like she, we've been friends for yeah. like and we've never done this. So I'm so tickled. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, I I am equally as tickled. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I feel like, and this might be this similar experience to most, but for for the longest time, all of my quilting community was online. Right. So you develop these relationships and. They really are friendships and relationships, yeah. but it's kind of like what I imagine. I mean, thank goodness I've never exp- had to do it, but it, what I imagine online dating is like, yeah, where just like, like it. <laughs> you, you develop nice this is like oh, okay, this is like quilting uh, friend girlfriend, uh, uh, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, you develop relationships and friendships, and that are equally as genuine and, and right. special yeah. and then you meet people in real life and it just you take it to the next level <laughs> friendship wise <laughs> oh <laughs> well not with you okay or are, are you an online dating Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> well you know hey so you know i always say that the online community is like back in the you know in the 20s and the 30s and when people would have pen pals Oh, and yeah, you, yeah. you would write to yeah. people for years and you never met them, but you knew them so intimately. Yeah. And that's what happens with us on the online community. I mean, we watch your stuff. And, you know, as we always say, I don't know if you listen to the podcast when I said that you could sell me poop on, you know, you would tell me to buy poop. And of course, I'm going to buy it because and, and you were but always trying to said it. And she was said it so I need fancy it. That's right. Same so, time. so I need to buy it. And I, you know, that's what I've always said is that, you know, when you were in, when I was in no spend September and you had all these cool things and I'm loading all this stuff in my cart and I can't buy it till, you know, October, October. because it's, and then it's going to be sold out. And that's just the way it's going to have to be. Cause you could sell me anything. Aww. You honestly <laughs> could. I love all the color. I wish all of our, our, you know, everybody, anybody that follows you on Instagram is going to see your amazing studio, all the fabrics behind you, all the color, like, oh my gosh. And the donut pillows. Yes. (laughs) Of course, I know I'm going to notice that. I have all sorts of pillows in the form of food. Yeah. I have a cinnamon roll and I have a, like a smoothie yeah. and they're all yeah. like Disney. But this <laughs> studio you see behind me really is my master bedroom that I've taken over. <laughs> I remember, and, and didn't you switch out? Weren't you in the dining room at one time and then you moved out the master bedroom and now you and your husband sleep yeah. in the bathtub? I have basically to yes we we sleep in the pantry where we can get snacks whenever is that are readily available it started as as kind of a fluke when I started quilting 
six, seven years ago, huh. we had this little nook in our master bedroom in our other house that was kind of like a catch-all kind right. of room. I think it was meant for like some romantic TV room, but it was too small for anything. So it was like yeah. our suitcase, like, uh, you know, just put stuff. Yeah. And when, you know, I, I started sewing, I put together two file cabinets and a door I wrapped in fabric on top right. of the file cabinets and the little sewing machine, my husband bought me off of QVC. And <laughs> so I, I could only learn about quilting from Fat yeah. Quarter Shop, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, after my babies went to bed. <clears throat> Yeah. So I would put them to bed and I quickly run to my to uh, my little nook to start learning. Right. And so what ended up happening is I would sew at night. Right. So my husband would be sleeping and I would be sewing and he'd be like, first guy, I got to get to bed. I said, well, I'm sorry. This is the <laughs> only time I have to myself. I'm sorry. I'm sewing. It's not my fault that it's by the bedroom. And so... <laughs> When I really fell in love with sewing, bless his heart, he said to me, Vershka, why don't you just take over the whole room? Because I started homeschooling too. Right. And we're just yeah. in a smaller room. And I thought, you know what? Absolutely. We don't need all this space yeah. to sleep in. Right. Um, so I took over the master bedroom in our in our first home. So when uh -huh. we moved into this one, we were touring the house and we got to the master. And my husband goes, so this is the new sewing studio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I so love, you've got him trained well. Absolutely. He's a good you've one. Got yourself, you've got yourself a Carson like I yeah, have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we call my husband Carson. My, my friends pinned him Carson because yes. he's like from downtown Abbey. Like he's the butler that come, oh. come, I mean, he, he takes care of all of us. He will, he will come around with like uh, tea towels over his arm with, mm -hmm. with champagne and mm -hmm. filling up glasses. Nobody's ever dry. Nope. Are we? <laughs> And now, now Leslie's not going to give me something, but Carson will come in and he'll walk and yeah. say, Hey, do you need, do you need a bottle of water? Yes. Do you need this? Oh, that's Leslie, really Leslie's all business. And, and if we're doing something, she'll go, John, get us this, John, bring this over. And we're like, you know, we're like two feet away that we could get it, but John's going to get up and he's he, going to walk across the room. And he loves, up he loves taking care of he does. the girls. He does. He's great about that. And, and I love, here's one of the things that I do love uh, when you, when you go on Instagram, most of the time, it's you're coming back from some amazing trip and doing all your quilting overseas. I mean, Varushka, what you've done in six to seven years yeah. is insane. Yeah. So we do need to talk about like, how did this all like blow up for you? But I love my favorite part is not all your tours over there. It's not. A, it's when you come home and you're at the airport and your boys oh. are there yep. ready for their mama. And to give oh. give you big hugs. And I just think it's just, oh my gosh, it just touches my heart. And I just can feel like how they are, they're just so happy you are home. And it's just great. It is, you know, speaking about your husband, Carson, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my husband is quite supportive. And, yeah. but the bigger this has gotten, the, the harder it has been sure. on our family because I'm, I homeschool my my boys and I'm really the primary parent. And so so he's like, okay, Rushka, this is really great and all, but uh <laughs> you said you were only gonna be gone like once every three months, and now yeah. you have a trip for 2024 every month. He's like, yeah. uh, how am I gonna do this? Yes. Which is so funny, right? Um yeah. but they're they're really they're really precious, but it it's it's a it's a hard thing 
life is so interesting in the unexpected turns that it takes. I, I never in a million years would have thought I'd be sitting here talking to you incredible ladies and talking about quilting oh. Oh. and that my love for quilting would take me to this level really yeah. were not for the favor of God, truly. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a challenge sometimes, even now, you know, balancing my obsession, because it's, that's what it is, <laughs> obsession with quilting, um, and having, or trying to have a, a balanced family mm. life. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah. funny, because I think people People make assumptions about who we are or what we do. And there was one lady, one unexpected thing about going from a hobby to a small business is the customer service part, as you ladies probably know. And there was one small small mix-up. I think it was a shipping mix-up. It was a really tiny thing. And one quilter reached out to me very kindly. And she said, well, you know, no problem. It's okay. But just let your customer service department know. And I thought, oh, how cute. They think I have a customer service. You need to call your boys. Your boys need to become customer service department. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's because we, I mean, it's so true. It is. I I felt like, you know, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago. I'm just like, we are doing our very best yeah. because we literally, we print all of our own shirts. Yep. I say we, you print them. Yep. I'm over here packing labels and all yep. this. I mean, we do all this ourselves and yes. so there's no like magical, yeah. you know, land somewhere where someone's no. doing all that for us. And I work full time. You work. I mean, you work out of the home. Right. Like we still have jobs. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And so we're I just go on the podcast. I'm like, listen, <laughs> we're printing them as fast as we can. Yeah. And you're going to get them. I promise. I mean, it's not a fake website. It's going to happen. Really there. And you're going to get it. I promise. Promise. But like when when your our labels came in and they were wrong. Right. And I'm like, if I put that on, if we put that on a shirt and yep. sent that out, it'd have yep. been like it been bad mass chaos. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be late, but mm-hmm. you know what? It's going to be okay. And you know, when you tell people though, and you that's communicate, right. yep. I think that's a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. People don't care. They've been so, I, we haven't had anybody be like, where's my shirt? You know, I mean, yeah. I've had a couple like, right. are, are you shipping it? Because right. I got a packing <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it, my, your label is sitting right here. Right. I can't wait to. Put right. your shirt in it, right? Like, <laughs> and we also run into it that we're at the mercy of the post office that, yeah. you know, when they get backed up and when we have- Or suppliers, yeah. And yes. we, we get storms. You know, you're in California. Yeah. So yes. you were a little chilly in the 50s, but you're not getting <laughs> snow and you're not getting ice storms. And we get those here yeah, and that shuts down everything. Rushka's looking at me and she's going, oh my gosh, what is wrong with Rochelle? All I see are these red lips and nothing else. Okay. So I'm having eye surgery here <laughs> next week. Oh. Friday. So I have no makeup on that. This is all I see. I have her red lips on <laughs> so that not- she matched you. Here, I can do this. And then I look normal, but you don't you look beautiful. Rochelle. You don't see any eyebrows. Thank you. Thank you. She has, glitter on her. she has a little I, I glitter have, on her, too. I glitter on my face, and Leslie said, we were packaging, before we were talking to you, um, I had all the t-shirts in the bags, and we were making labels, and we were trying to put it together, and I have this glitter all over my face, face and I'm like, I, I sparkle. I don't know right where here. that came from, because we no, don't have right. any glitter. Okay, I do want to talk to you about QuiltCon. Oh, yeah. QuiltCon, okay. This is going to become really controversial, and I'm going to apologize <laughs> for Leslie right now. No. Here we go. <laughs> controversial. <laughs> Virtually, you're going to say when you went to quilt con and you entered your quilt with the boys with the boys yes 
Mm-hmm. We I'm disappointed. Like, I'm like, she's going to win best yep, of show. We said. Oh. <laughs> said, that's what we said. Who else would, I mean, who would beat you? And you, so didn't get, sweet. and you didn't get best of show. You would think that you would we, think we were, re- we would have thought it was us. That we were, we, you, we couldn't even you are so sweet where we were on. It was like, you know, we know things are subjective, but that was really good and should have. Oh, you know? oh no, mm-hmm. you should have won best of show. Oh, <laughs> and I win. Well, as long win. as I won in your hearts, I, it's a win-win, ladies. I'm oh, my you. gosh. Well, you know, talking about quilt con and submission yeah. of quilts, it's a scary. So yes. <laughs> that was the first project I had put out into the world to be judged. Because I know a lot of folks will submit five or six quilts, but I, I will submit one. Yeah. One that I feel is like my best work. And if it gets in great. And if it doesn't great, but that, that year, it was the, it was very scary putting that. Oh, it was the first time I ever submitted to a show. I didn't know if it was going to get in. Because there, you know, it has, the name was Pride and Joy. And I didn't right. know because that's my my little small business name if that was going to be a problem. Also, like my mug is on it. My face is on it. Uh-huh. And like there has to be some level of we don't know who made the quilt. So right. I was like, yeah. well, obviously me. But right? I someone else um, because you made Martin Luther King and you could have entered that, you know, I mean, yeah. that could've, it could have been someone. Yeah, it could have been. So there was a lot of. Like it was my, it was my heart on a sleeve. And it so was. it was very scary putting it up mm. to be juried. And so for me, it was, QuiltCon changed my life in many ways. Submitting yeah. it, it getting accepted, it winning the two awards, mm. meeting friends for the first time in real life. Cause it was like right after COVID and, right. and the whole shutdown. Yes. yes. And uh, for me, it was, I was so nervous, ladies. Oh. <laughs> I was so nervous. I I said to my mom, I said, Mom, please come with me. I was oh. I was shaking, right? Because um yeah. I'm an extroverted introvert, which means like I'm 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 very mm-hmm. I enjoy friendships and conversation and but I I do it wholeheartedly. And yep. so I'm easily tired. Like I need time to like step away. Yeah. So that entire experience was one that was a truly fulfilling and and surreal. And at the same time, I was going to bed like at 7 p.m. and sleeping 12 hours <laughs> through the night because I was so tired. But it was also the first time I ever got to teach because the MQG asked me to teach. Right. So it was a big stretching and growth moment for me for sure from submitting a quill to winning to teaching to meeting friends so i'm i'm glad i won best in show in your hearts you did (laughs) you were best in in show i don't care i don't don't care i don't care who had that ribbon (laughs) you had it right here in my heart because i was yeah i retreat we were and, well. I just remember that you were just you. Leslie oh, I was just. She was just. She was just like red faced <laughs> raging. And oh, I said, oh, Leslie, I said, but Leslie, you know, it's a subjective thing, and we can like these ones better. And she goes, and I said, you know, Varushka would give the joy to the other person. She, she ever disappointment. You would not take that away from someone no. else having that. 
there still had to been some disappointment no, had, with it. No, but, you know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I had Leslie, enough rage for everyone. <laughs> Leslie had a rage for the world. For I went, we were every yeah. treat, I think. And I'm like, can you believe this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Barushka should have won. Anyway, oh, well, I, I'm glad I won in your hearts. You did. I, you did. So you did. I mean, I tell him. And I, I, can't pay, I can't paper piece. Yeah. Like I'm not, I mean, I can't. I, I have not done it. She doesn't paper piece. Foundation paper yeah. piece. I I will do fat quarter shop, triangle paper. Triangle. Um, you know, I'll do the I'll do the the economy blocks, uh-huh. the pineapple. I do, I'll do that's as deep as yep. I've gotten. But I bought this beautiful um landscape kit at Sisters um okay. in Oregon. And it was the Three Sisters Mountains. And I'm like, yes. I need to make this. Yes. I opened that up. And I'm not. I'm like, what is the what's this? I don't know where to even start. It just freaked and, me and, out. And I kept telling her, Leslie, this is actually an easy paper piece. I bought all the fabric. She, she's like freaking out over it. And I said, you know, and I I paper piece all the time. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's, that's her my thing. jam. You know, I mean, mm. I love to paper piece. I'm and, just and Leslie, she she and I said you can do this. It's not a problem. So we just need to get it where maybe that's, that's what we could do it, Jenny. No, we have a class that we're doing that. Yeah. What's interesting. What I love, what I love about what you're saying, Leslie, is that I started learning traditional, I I call it traditional piecing practices because sort of like, you know, you, you prep your fabric, Right. Or yep. as we ladies like to follow Miss Kimberly Jolly, which is we starch our fabric first. I totally stole Varushka. Anybody wanted to know, and I've given her full credit yeah. of the garden sprayer. Yeah. yeah. But it's genius. Oh, well, it's just whatever is Bar- easiest. Varushka, have you tried the ringer yet, though? Mm. I haven't. I haven't. It will change just, your life. If you do the ringer. I think so. I need mean, and now I need, so then that's a good tip to myself. Now I need to take over the kitchen for you my yeah. <laughs> you take the kitchen the whole time. You just put it on the counter when you're getting things done and then you take it back to your bathroom. Exactly. And then you don't have any, any dripping. <laughs> I think the garden sprayer is absolutely. It helps a lot. Yeah. But yeah. one of the things that for me, shifting from traditional quilting to mm-hmm. foundation paper piecing was in many ways they are the what they appear to be foil opposites because mm-hmm. with traditional quilting you have these very compartmentalized experiences right mm-hmm. you prep your fabric then you cut it all you spend a good five six hours cutting it yeah then you spend a good i don't know hours and hours and hours four weeks yep. four, <laughs> uh, 400 days <laughs> then you iron right then you assemble right i mean right. generally speaking mm-hmm. it's it's right. a very compartmentalized experience with FPP, you are cutting, sewing, ironing every single shape as you go. Yep. And right. I think so. Th- that's the first. That's point. So it feels a little. Uh, well, I'm not used to this process, right? I mean, there are some caveats you can pre-cut, right. but let's not get into. Right. Let's not confuse <laughs> too much. Um, the people why? right. Let's not confuse them too much. <laughs> We're not going to do so that. So it again. feels so. The process feels mm-hmm. so different. Number two. Mm-hmm. With traditional quilting, we we spent so much time developing that quarter inch seam allowance, yep. right? Yeah, I yep. mean, I'll never forget Marianne Fons, who's like my quilting mm-hmm. goddess, her and Kimberly uh-huh. Jolly, yeah. who said, the key to quilting is to be consistent. Yeah. So if you right. are consistently yeah. wrong, 
Yep. <laughs> just be consistent right. and it'll all work it'll out work in the out. end, right? Yes. Yes. So if you're a scant quarter incher, keep right. at that. If yep. you are a solid uh, quarter incher, keep at that. Yep. Um, yep. Although one of the amazing things about Marianne Fons that she said, which which sometimes it's the simplest things that blow your mind. She says, remember to take into account the stitch and the fold when, when calculating your quarter inch seam allowance. And I'm like, what in the voodoo magic of the sewing gods? Um, she's just so brilliant. Right. So we're like, we spend so much time right. developing yeah. that quarter inch seam allowance. Yeah. When you get to FPP, it gets thrown out the window. Yeah. It's like as long right. as you can sew on this line sew that's on, line. on a paper, yep. you're golden, right? Yeah. I mean, the only time the quarter inch seam allowance really comes into play with FPP is when you're joining units together, right? But you still don't but, you still have the line though, so it's really not right. <laughs> you've got the paper line you're sewing on anyway. Oh my you god! You do. But for I me, been, I think I've just had an innate fear of it. I don't mm -hmm. know why. Because it is, it is different. I mean, you know, I always tell people that that freak themselves out. I said <laughs> the first piece you put down is the hardest mm -hmm. because you're putting your wrong side to the wrong side, and then it's everything right side to right side. But that first piece doesn't make sense until you realize it has to have something to go to the right side and it has to be adhered to my paper. So how do I put it on there? So that what if you so can true. Get that piece through your head and everything else is, and I know that. Leslie is Leslie will buy the amount of fabric she needs to make a quilt. That's if true. it calls oh. for a quarter of a yard, she's buying a quarter of a yard. If it calls for a quarter of a yard, I'm buying the bolt. And <laughs> so in in foundation paper piecing, we we yeah. waste more fabric, but I don't consider it wasting. I think I I consider it that I'm it's precision quilting or piecing for me. We'll go with so, that. So be, because yeah. you do have some that goes away, but you know, then it becomes confetti and you put it into a different. I'm quilt. not worried about wasting fabric. No, you're not. I'm really not. I think, not, you know, I, I think you bring up a good point, Rochelle, is because it's a different way at looking mm -hmm. at something, right? Mm -hmm. It's so, for example, I, I have so many thoughts. Um, you know, with traditional quilting, it's calculated to the edge of the shape because right. you're using the edge of the shape to determine whatever design you're implementing. I mean, the end of the design happens at the end of the fabric shape. So yeah. you're calculating very precise things to be able to cut them very precise. Right. But with FPP, the, the precision of the design is actually on the paper. Right. So, and because you have such irregular shapes, you have such irregular angles. If you were to go, and there is a way, but for mm -hmm. me, I much rather enjoy the process of sewing right. than, than be daunted with trying to save every bit of fabric and then having to re-sew shapes because I've aligned them or miscut them by just a fraction of, of, of a bit, right? But oh. I'll, I will say this. I am so deeply glad that I learned how to traditionally piece first right. before I dabbled in anything else. And I'll tell you why. Because for me, Traditional piecing practices taught me the importance that the little things, when done intentionally and purposefully, really do add up in the long run. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And if you shortcut or say, ah, that's not important or setting my seam isn't important or, you know, ironing over or accurate, that, accurately cutting or sewing, ah, that's not, it, it will work on an individual block, but mm -hmm. you will then see the yep. consequences of your shortcuts when at the end of a project. And I think for right. me, learning traditional piecing practices taught me the importance of being diligent in the little things because Thank they you. do add up in the long run. And, and I, and I think that really, I took those lessons forward when I really began designing, drafting, testing, 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 throwing things away, because I realized that truly quilting is a puzzle within a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And, and, and if I am intentional and purposeful in the little things, they really do add up to whether something is masterfully executed or not. Because you can really tell the workmanship right. of something yeah. right. when yeah. you see it, right, up close. Yeah. And and I think traditional quilting for that. Well, right. I think what a great, that's just a good life lesson. Yeah. Um, you could teach that to your boys. Yeah. You know, every, the little oh, things yeah. matter. Right. They add up. Right. They are consequential. Any, mm -hmm. the little things do matter in the end. And so I love that so much. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> should be a teacher, right? So, so when the biggest, you know, the thing that I dislike the most with my paper piecing is tearing ah. the papers out. Yes. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. one of my things that I did this last summer is I sat out by the pool <laughs> and I, I put, I, I put a sheet down and I also had a, a bucket that I was putting papers into. And Lance was so mad at me because some of my papers were ending up in our pool. Oh, <laughs> they get in the filter and things. And I said, but Lance, it's paper. It's going to, you know, it's going to it's dissolve. <laughs> it's going to become nothingness. And he said, you cannot do that around here. So I did buy one of those pencils that have the solution in it that looks like the paintbrush to, yeah. to put on all my edges. I don't think it made any difference. So, so there's a, a question I get all the time is what like paper Right. Should you, you like, so there is, there are specialty papers for right. foundation paper pieces. Yep. A lot right. of people use newsprint. Yeah. Some people use um, this paper that's like a tea bag. It looks like fabric, but it's right. not. Right. Um, I don't know how effective it is under a printer or maybe some printers would like it or not. Was so that some, like patterns? Is, is it the pattern oh, that you're talking that they No, it's oh, the pattern to print at home. Well, so, so, so like pattern ease, you know, that's what I use with pet portraits and it's a very lightweight okay. interfacing and oh, I, okay. on some things I have, you know, on, on some of my blocks that I'm making my own foundation piecing with, and I'm drawing a design, you know, like, like say I'm going to make a heart, let's say we're going to do a heart or a Christmas tree and, and I'm going to paper piece that. I will use that with my um, pattern ease and draw, just draw it on there. And then it stays in. So it adds. Oh, interesting. You don't have to take and, and So I, it's an inner, it's an inner, it's so, a lightweight inter so interfacing. It's, it's, so yeah. it's similar to what. Um, uh, uh, Hexaform. Yeah. What's her name that uh, she does our easy peasy paper, 10 sisters. Oh, Ten sisters. Yes. So yes. It's, it's Carmen. It's, it's Carmen. Yeah. So it's it's similar to that. Uh, Patternese is a little heavier than that, but you know, oh. Carmen's stuff stays in, and you don't notice a different. It doesn't really. I mean, it doesn't cause a problem. So, I do use the paper that um, I think it's Fawns and Porter's paper actually. Mm -hmm. That uh, it's an eight by ten, and I take it to my printer, and she will print through that for me, which is 
you know, oh, nice. I, I, I try to not print with um, regular printer paper because it just, you know, it's too thick and it, and it just leaves massive amounts of stuff in my sewing do you, machine. Do you yeah. print your own? Like, do you have a, what's your go-to? Okay. So there is a method with freezer paper. Have you heard of the freezer paper yeah, method? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think that's a wonderful method. My, my issue is the following, which is the type of paper piecing that I do right. because yeah. there is such, there are some uh, shapes that are so small in particular oh. when I'm doing some of the portraits for the eye right. sections, some of right. the ears, some where the shapes are so minuscule, so small that number one, I, I, I won't use freezer paper because I don't want any shifting happening whatsoever, right? Because right. when you use a freezer paper method, you have to, you iron, then you fold right. back, right. you sew along the fold, then you yeah, place right. it forward again, and then you iron again. Um, so I prefer to use something that will stay stationary. Now, I use <laughs> recycle, I don't use newsprint, I don't use uh, anything special. Mm -hmm. I use plain old Costco recycled multi-purpose paper. Really? Uh, yes. And I'll tell I you what makes printer paper. Mm. Just copy paper, uh, recycled, multi-purpose copy paper I from Costco. Love that. And I'll tell you what makes the difference with tearing out Rochelle, okay. because yeah. I too am not a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have a significantly reduced stitch length, right? So if are you sewing at one and a half? I'm five. You're gonna think I'm I'm bonkers, one, but two. I sew between a one point two and a one point two five. Yeah, I I think I heard that from someone before that they said you did a one two. And, and yeah, you, and there are times. Bernina. I have a Bernina. Yes. Yep, yeah, yep. I have a Bernina, but I had a Juki for the longest time. The TL something right. something. Love that semi. Right. Uh, uh, what is it? Semi industrial machine. It's it's yeah. it does one thing and it does it great. And that's okay. really all you need for foundation paper piecing is a, mm -hmm. a straight space. Well, that's but, why you love your yep. Juki. That's why I love yeah, it. Yeah, the Juki's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason why I got a Bernina was because I wanted a machine I'd never outgrow. So like it has all of these bells and whistles that I have yet to use, <laughs> but I know they're there, right? Because we need all the stuff. Right. Like. I have my comfort notions. Right. So yeah. what I have yet to feel like I need to change or upgrade the paper for my purposes. So if I have a significantly reduced stitch, right. I find I can rip it out super easy. I use right. tweezers and it's out. It's one of the, the, the pains I would say about FPP. Right. You know, we yeah. haven't. I would love to invent some sort of product like hexaform, but right. because I'm constantly folding over, yeah. right. To have anything that would be like interfacing wouldn't yeah. give me super preciseness. Cause that's yeah. what I need. I need right. a very clear indication of where my next stitch goes. Why? Yeah. Because when you're doing things like a face, a portrait of the eye, mm -hmm. the, you don't have to have a, ounce of artistic uh, yeah. gift inside of you. We are innately created as human beings in our brains to recognize if a face is off right. or if a face is on. Right. Let me give you an example. Like right, yeah. babies, right? If you show them pictures, they automatically can register whether a face is friendly or not, right? Yeah. Or my husband who doesn't have an ounce <laughs> of artistic ability, I'll be drafting, right? 
what so like the story is one day I was playing around and just I, I often draft just to practice right. and so I was I was drafting Princess Diana and I had actually gotten permission oh. from the photographer to do her portrait but I never released it anyways make a long story short I was drafting Princess Diana in my living room my babies are playing which is always the case I have to draft and work while they're either in the swimming pool or at Taekwondo or doing school yeah um, so I'm drafting Princess Diana my husband walks behind me and he goes no no <laughs> no can you do it any better he goes something's off sure yeah. enough something was off and I right. couldn't pinpoint it and right. it's these micro shifting of lines either in the eye or the nose or the, the usually it's the nose and the eyes that are yep. just yeah. off yep um, and there are these micro delineations of where they are initially to where the eye says, yeah, that's right. Little things like mm -hmm. the spacing between your eyeball and the bottom lid. If right. there's too much space between it, it looks off. If there's not enough of the little white gap between right. the eyes, it looks off. And so I use paper lightweight copy recycled paper, number one, because it's cheap. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. It's tool right. that I need to throw away. But number two, I don't want any kind of shifting, any right. kind of, oh my goodness, it, you know, I can't fold it over right. or I can't stitch exactly on that clear line. So for me, I think it's the ends to the means that I I, I need to achieve. Now, with yep. more large scale geometric, like the mountains, you would be right. fine using a freezer yep. paper technique because even if you shift a little bit, that's another that's thing about right. FPP, yep. very forgiving. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like you can fudge a little bit within a unit as long as the unit is intact itself, mm -hmm. it will then sew on to the next unit fine. Yep. And right? as long as it's not an eye. And as long as it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So, so, you know, now I was going to ask you, you know, I had to have the feed dog replaced on my machine because I, I paper piece so much and it wore yes. down, it wore down my, my feed dog. And then so, you, then you are, an, you are a paper piece of queen majesty. If you're that. wearing down those feed dogs, you know, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, I'm heard of that. feed dogs there, but what do, do you have a little, um, vacuum cleaner that you vacuum out <laughs> all of your dust from your paper or do you blow so <laughs> i guess that came out kind of do you, <laughs> oh, so uh, this is the first right, i've heard about feed dogs wearing out yep. um i will say so i will start the first thing that comes to my mind is thread what kind right. of thread do you use so Working. i I you use RF. Okay, so uh -huh. because it's a 50 weight cotton, uh -huh. you will have a lot of lint residual. That's just right. how right. cotton works, yep. right? So I have this is a funny story. Okay. So I found out about Wonderfill's Deco Bob 80 weight poly thread on accident. Okay. I had subscribed early on in my journey to uh, Kimberly Jolly's um, Sew Sampler box, right? Which yep. we love. We love it. And this and, was back in the day when I thought thread was thread right. and I had run out of thread. Um, I was a new quilter. I didn't have a stash. I didn't have lots of stuff. So I would use everything I had and I ran out of thread. And I remember there was a little sample in the sew sampler box and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just pop that in. Right. And I think up to that point I had been using uh 50 weight cotton, the little spools that right. uh, fat quarter shop said, yeah, right. I put in, that deco bob which is an 80 weight poly thread 
And I was like, what is this? It, it, the footprint of that thread was uh -huh. almost invisible. Wow. It was super thin, but super so strong. Uh -huh. And it left zero lint. Oh. And I'm like, hold up. And I spent the next few years testing it because with FPP, oh, I could talk for ages about foundation paper piecing, but right. one of the things that you have to deal with is bulk, especially when you have yep. high detail, large scale, right. like I do. Yeah. One of the things that I'm intentionally doing is how do you manage placing seams where they don't all buckle in on the same point right. because you have a lot of bulk there. Right. One of the things that you have to tackle with even within normative seams is bulk, right? right? Because if you think about it, you FPP is essentially using multiple layers of fabric to give whatever dimensional effect you're wanting to create, right? right. And so oftentimes you will have multiple seams laid on top of each other to give the impression of an eye or to give the impression of teeth or a face or a lion or whatever. So if you think about it, what I bring to any sewing project is the thread. Mm. I mean, other than cutting the fabric, right. what I'm contributing is the thread. I have a machine for it. I have my hands for it. Mm. I have a long arm for it. We, our primary purpose in the quilting is the injection of the thread. And if we think yeah. about it, what we're making are ropes, right? right? Seams, but they're essentially these tied <clears throat> pieces of thread that create a rope. And so if you have thread that is 50 weight, which is thick, but not crazy right. thick. Right. And you have multiple layers of fabric being sewn on together, then ironed over and, and being layered, then you have a substantial amount of rope in between every single little layer. And so what Decobob does is Number one, it reduces the, 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 the thickness within the seam incredibly. One of the things people ask me all the time is, how are your seams so flat? Right. And truly a big part of that is because I have a very small rope, if you will, seam lying in between the fabric. And number two, I don't know what voodoo magic is between a wool mat and a tailor's <laughs> clapper, but when you use that with right, yeah. a thin but strong seam, then you have reduced the bulk. Yeah. One side effect of using 80 weight polythread is that there's no lint in my machine. Right. Mm. So I don't struggle with like having to blow out the, right. the, I mean, I clean it every time I put in a new needle, which right. is the beginning or the middle of a project. Right. Uh, Vicki Holt from Handy Quilter, because um, I did some things with them. She goes, she had this wonderful saying that goes, every project deserves a new needle. And I'll never forget <laughs> that. <laughs> it's like the littlest thing that can create such a big outcome. Right. So yeah. I would recommend uh, my new little besties, right. uh, Rochelle yeah. and Leslie, that you try Wonder Phil's right. uh, Deco Bob. Now, so do you use a bobbin weight thread or do you wind with the, the Deco Bob? I wind with the deco bob. Yeah. So I use deco bob on the top and deco bob on the bottom. Okay. Now I use, I use um you know um the weight I use bobbin weight thread for all my bobbins that I wind because you know it is a thinner thread and I know I'm using a thicker one there with it, it you know it works with that but okay so you wind I am excited. I, I am literally yeah. going to get on Fat Quarter Shop and order some of this. I'm assuming yeah. I can buy it from Fat Quarter Shop. 
Yeah, you can. You sure can. Now, let me talk a little bit. This is this is thread education, right? The thing about thread education. The thing about Decobob is because it's a thin thread, you need then a shorter stitch length, which is what we need with FPK anyway, right? Yeah. With traditional quilting, because we're not working with so much layering, we tend to stitch at a what? 1.8, Yeah. Right? So in that case, you can use a thicker thread like... 50 weight R which is a a fantastic cotton thread, but it's typical or or it's normative. I think I see a lot of people use uh, a a cotton 50 weight thread for traditional quilting because you have wider stitches, Right. right? And if you think about it, you, if you have a wider stitch, you have quite a bit of distance from this hole to that hole. So the thread in between has to be pretty strong to withstand whatever pull or, or push it's going to receive. Right. Right. And so that's why you need a 50 weight thicker thread, because the longer the stitch, the stronger and thicker the thread needs to be. Mm-hmm. But with FPP, because we need super micro stitches, if we will, we don't want super thick thread for these micro stitches, right? Because then we're going to have really bulky, a really bulky rope. So that's why, because we have a, a reduced stitch length, which is a 1.3, 1.5, sometimes I do a 1.0, mm-hmm. we need then a thinner, but right. just a strong thread. And, and, and that's I, by the What color thing. do you use? What color thread do you use then? Do you change it with other things? Or, that is like, a fence. I use dove gray. I mean, that's what I sew with everything or black. If it's, if it's black, I'm going to use black, but dove gray for everything. I, uh, same. I'll use a taupey color or a gray color, unless, like you're saying, I have a section that is pure white and then it goes into a deep purple. Right. Then I'll go in and I'll change the thread color color. But I often also like to uh, quilt in pink um, because number one, it makes me happy. And um, number two, I think it has a sort of invisible feel to it, Hmm. but um, I'll just use a neutral color for the piecing. I'm not going to be shifting out thread right, right. <laughs> yeah, piecing yeah. if I don't, I don't have yeah, to. <laughs> it's like, and it's being consistent. You know, that's the other thing too. You know, we're going to use the same color. Yeah. You're going to see it and your eye naturally says, oh, that's the color. And then all of a sudden, you know, it sees, you know, purple in there or whatever, you know, hot red or something like that. It's like, wait, that's wrong. You what know? size <laughs> needle do you use? Do you use an 11 set or a 1070 or 11? I use a, so a, a 7010 or an 80 works mm-hmm. great. Okay. You know, the key is what does your machine like? Because yeah. I know some yeah. machines, they like their own special. They like red yeah. wine instead of white wine. You know, they like the Prosecco instead. Yeah. You know, so I say, number one, use whatever your machine likes right. and make sure that you match the thread uh, to the eye of the needle. The oh, thing yeah. about an 80 is that it will have a slightly larger hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. than a 70. So I tend mm-hmm. to like to sew with a 70 needle mm-hmm. and the deco bob. It mm-hmm. creates just invisible seams. They Love lay it. super flat. And a yeah. 70, it's easier for us to pair to tear out our paper piecing too. Yes. And so yeah. I, you know, and I use it with everything. I I was doing something, I don't know, last week and I was breaking needles and I don't generally break needles. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, you know, I have this 70 needle. 70. In- this yeah. is pretty, this is pretty thick fabric that I, I was mm. doing some, um, 
some vinyl with some fabric, you know, make oh. a little little pouch thing. And I had to switch out a needle. And I, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I know how to do this because <laughs> I know I switched needles, but it, and I did notice the difference in the size of the hole. Yes. I was like, yes. oh my gosh, I can, I can get water to pour through there. That's so big. <laughs> you know, it was like, right. That might fast. be an issue. Yeah, it was crazy. It's so fast. true, Rochelle. It's important to be, to think about what project am I using and what materials am I using? And I think for me, it did take a little bit of time to say, okay, now I'm switching from like a very important, like art piece, high yeah. detailed, small stitching to like, I'm just going to make a bag. So yeah. like I, I, I did the same thing. I'll just use what I have set up. And I'm like, wait, 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 I need thicker thread. Right. Because there are times in which you want a thicker rope, if you will, right. a thicker right. seam to right. hold things together right. um, versus other times where you really, you want the seam to be as invisible as, as right. you want. Yeah. And so I think when we learn to be more intentional about, okay, what am I creating? I need a bigger needle that's not going to break on me. Um, right. I need thicker thread. Um, I need to change my presser foot, you know, size, mm -hmm. um, get into the habit of, okay, what am I really making? And what are yeah. the tools that are going to make that most effective? I'll tell you, for me, one of the biggest things that I learned in sewing, and I continue to learn every day, is how something as small as the needle a new needle, an appropriate needle can yeah. like save you so yeah. much heartache. <laughs> oh, it's like a new blade. We were talking yeah, we were about just, this yeah. earlier. Uh, like, yes. A new blade on yeah. a rotary cutter. Like yeah. why do we, why do we run those things until yeah. we're like, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I was, until it's like got four nicks in it and you're like, okay, <laughs> I can't cut with this anymore. And, and you know, with paper piecing, we're cutting. Oh, I mean, we're every yeah. scene. I say, I, and I always tell people, you know, Leslie is a microwave. She's a machine. She's finishing stuff like, you know, no other. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, I had a quilt that it's actually going to Hawaii. That was a paper pieced one. And someone said, how long did that take you to make it? And I said, not oh, three years. And they're going serious. And I said, every time I touch this scene, there's five steps that go with it. Yeah. So it's every, and, and when you have 30,000 scenes, because, you know, you're putting together these tiny things times five. Mm -hmm. And do you use, do you use a knee lift when you're, um, no. have you tried using a knee lift yet? You I can't because, well, I could, right. but I just, I've, I've gotten used to, so <laughs> I have a swivel chair. I don't know yeah. if you can see the space, but yeah. I found, I found that the most efficient way for me to get stuff done right. is I'll have my sewing machine in the middle uh -huh. and then I swerve right. to iron. Then right. I swerve oh, to the other side to cut. Okay. Yeah. And so I am swerving all around <laughs> yeah. right. um, so that I'm not moving things. I have space. And right. so a knee lift we'll will just get in the way. We'll so just get in you, the way. Do you use do you use do you have scissors on your machine that you cut with your scissors or do you cut by yourself? Yeah, I I have a scissor cutting and I all I'm so spoiled now with the Bernina because when you when you cut, yep, it automatically ties off and lifts. Yes, yes it does. So it's funny because when I teach, I, mm -hmm. I always get a loner machine, right? And yeah. I'll like I'll like I'll like cut, I'll press the, 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 the cut or I'll put the pedal back because yep. you can actually push the pedal back and it'll cut. Right. And then I'll wait for the foot to go up and I'm like, I'm so spoiled. They're like, sorry, you have to oh, push up the lever. Honestly, <laughs> well, you know, when, when I, cause I have a Janome 9450 and it does the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
And when, but I really wanted to Juki because I just straight stitch most of the time yeah. and it's so fast. And so I just, I, I'm looking for fast. She is. Uh, yes. I want it as fast as it'll go. And my Janome, it's fast, but it's just not the Juki. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I got, but I mean, it's all manual. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the cut. You can cut, cut with your foot, mm -hmm. but that's about that's about it. Like everything That's else it. I'm lifting with my knee or whatever. Yeah. And so, but I, I totally get that because I was so spoiled with my um, 90 for 50. Yeah. It's just because I would hit the button and it ties off, lift the pet presser foot and I move on. And it just, it's, it's a total, yeah. it's a totally different dynamic. For so, sure. so for me using the knee lift with paper piecing, because it makes it so much faster, I don't have to reach yeah. back to do anything, you know, boom, boom, I'm here with it. So I bought my travel Bernina because Ooh. it had a knee lift. Oh. However, my machine, my so easy table that I put oh. it in when they cut the part for it, the knee lift hits the leg because the, so I had another one recut so I could push it up um, oh. closer because it would hit the Did leg. it work? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that I saw that. Yeah. Well, cause I have, we haven't sewn together since I've had it. Cause I've been taking the juki with me. Yeah. My oh, setup for me. But <laughs> you know, and, and, and actually sometimes I get myself a leg cramp when I'm lifting. So I just <laughs> have my hand here down here and I lift it with that, you know, it's just, it's just like the weird thing. But for me reaching behind, it was just, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. And, and someone asked me, well, on my juki, what do I like the best about it? And I said, I never cared about scissors on a machine. I have scissors. I always have them on my thing here. I, but when you're paper piecing, you need to be able to cut it because you might be up in the yes. middle of the paper and have to That's stop. Right. And then, That's right. and you, you waste thread. I don't mind wasting fabric. That doesn't bother me in the least bit. But the wasting thread I, is your thing. <laughs> I hate to waste thread. Leslie will look at me at stuff and she'll go, what are you doing? And I'll say, there's enough here. I think I could do, I think I can do it. An 18th of an inch. I could wind this on a bobbin and she's like, throw it away. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh my gosh. It's I crazy. I, I just move on. I want it as fast as possible. She does. She wants okay. To I'm going to get a little bit personal. Oh, Ooh. so I kind of warned. Do I smell? No, oh, but I think the two of you have a really unique um, thing that has happened to both of you in the last year. And mm. Rushka, you lost your father. Um, yeah. He passed away and um, you were so um, vulnerable and raw on your social media about mm. where you were with that, with your walk through that. And that meant so much to me. I mean, I still have both of my parents, so I I, I can't relate yet, mm. um, thankfully. But Rochelle just recently lost right. her father. And, you know, we get a lot of, I'm sure you've been, you received tons of messages during that time too. Of other, our listeners, there's a lot of grieving mm -hmm. um, people that are connected to us, right? And I just wanted to bring that up because um, I think, you guys could really bring some words of comfort, some wisdom. Um, how have you worked through the, that grief? The, I don't know that you ever get over those things, right. but, but I, I just wanted to open that up because I know that both of you have gone through this just recently. And right. I, I, I just think you have something in common to share with others that are, are going through that. You know, the, if, if I get a little teary, you're um, fine. Okay. So, yeah. Grief is a, death is a funny, a funny thing because if you are a human, there are a few things you can guarantee the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. And death is for sure a guarantee. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yet 
at the same time, death is, I will dare say, the hardest thing a human being can experience Mm -hmm. in their life. For me, you know, for many years I worked as a therapist. I was a psychotherapist and and themes of grief and grieving are a constant in in, in stories, right? Um, So one of the things that I have learned is that grief is very complex Mm -hmm. because the human experience is complex. And two, it's very different from individual to individual. Right. And if you think about it, because today I really started thinking about well, what would I share, you know, on inappropriate quilters, because I want to be as inappropriate <laughs> as possible. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, do it. You know, great, death as 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 certain as it is, it's also a very mysterious thing. It's also a very scary thing, right? right. It's like the boogie monster. Right. We we know it's there. We're scared of it. It's it's. Right. You know, art and poetry is continually struggling with it, right? From William yeah. Shakespeare to all. I mean, it's a constant theme in artistic expression because oh. it's this this huge thing that we know we will experience as a part of life. And it's devastating. Yeah. It's, and a, it's a known unknown. It's a known unknown. And and yeah. there are degrees of death, there yeah. of grief. There are degrees of dealing with grief. And so I can speak from my experience. Right. Yeah. So my my daddy um was the giant of my life. Yeah. If you see me, I am like copy paste my dad. <laughs> you see my mom, which you might meet her because I bring yeah. her. Right. My mother is the opposite. I mean, she's shy, reserved, stoic. Uh I mean. If people are like, are you two related? Like, how can this <laughs> child come? I mean, I am yeah. the, so I am my father's copy paste. And so yeah. he was the giant of, in my life. Yeah. And so when he got cancer four or five years ago, I don't remember <clears throat> the first time, it was like the beginning of the end where we were like, oh my God, dad isn't going to live forever. He's not immortal. Right. Cause you right. think you you think how can how can someone's spark just disappear? How is that possible? Yeah. Like yeah. how it's such a weird mystery. Like how is this person who's always permeating my life right. all of a sudden be that's not possible? Right. Yeah. When he got cancer, our family fell apart, right? Because we were like devastated. Right. Two years later, he entered remission and we thought that threat was gone. And then mm-hmm. it came back. Yeah. And so there was a level for us where there was this anticipatory grief. There was, we were anticipating already sort of like this preparation for, I remember the last several months before my dad passed, I would tell myself, okay, you're going to get a call. Veru, they call me Veru. Veru, uh, he went in his sleep last night. Right. Or Veru, daddy's gone. Or right. so I, I, and I would tell myself this, right. Veru, daddy's gone. Veru. Luckily, my brother and I were in the room when he left. Right. But I imagine that how you lose something impacts your grief, right? right. In my right. case, I had time to have ugly cries, mm. right? I had time to numb out. I had time to process. I had time. Yeah. I imagine for others whose significant loved ones die tragically, 
Right, right. Or Unjustly, right. I had a friend whose father was shot. He was a, right. a judge, uh, an attorney. Right. Some guy came in, shot him. Oh my God. Uh, another who lost a loved one in a car accident. I've yeah. had mm-hmm. friends and family who've died of suicide. You know, yeah. I I think also how someone dies impacts yeah. those who le- are left behind and how they grieve. Yep, yep. And and I also think the level of relationship we have with someone. You know, relationships are com- complex, mm-hmm. and there while I may may mourn my father tremendously someone else may have a very complex relationship with a parent yeah and 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 feel numb about the death well because in many ways their relationship was dead long before their body gave out mm-hmm. and so and so i realize you know everyone has their own grieving i will share for me i feel like like death for me has been like an amputation Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I use that analogy only because my daddy, before he passed, he, he had co-occurring morbidities, which was, he was diabetic and then he got cancer. Mm-hmm. So he had a couple of like part, his toes and feet got amputated. So we would have these conversations. And so when I lost him, there's a part of you that's gone. Right. And initially the pain is tremendous. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. And slowly the pain of that loss, that gaping loss does diminish. But then there are moments where in the middle of the night, you experience overwhelming grief, overwhelming loss. It's like the phantom pains, right? Where, you know, where you're like, I'm okay. But like the grief just, and you're fine. Like I'll be walking, talking, and all of a sudden I'll be triggered and I'll just burst out crying. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and it's so weird because I feel like there's this outer part of me that's like looking at me like, Rishka, what are you doing? You're okay. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. For me, grief feels like I'm walking around with this invisible, essential part of me no mm. longer here. Right. Yeah. And I think the hardest part for me is that no matter how complex a relationship is, when someone dies, passes, all of the possibility is gone. Yes. Yeah. Like the what ifs are gone. Like the, hey, I'd like to show my dad this is gone. Mm-hmm. The, the connection or the what ifs or the potentials are gone. And I think that for me, my loss is just having this giant in my life who was my hero gone. And actually my Joan of Arc. Yeah. I made while my dad was passing because my father's story is incredible. He came from incredible poverty and found his freedom in education and created a better life for us here through that. And so faith and education was super important to my dad. Mm -hmm. And there's an interesting thing that happens when you become an adult child where all of a sudden you begin to care emotionally for your parent. And in many ways, I felt like a little girl again. And so I love this idea of Joan of Arc being this archetype of a young, fragile woman having this unfathomable strength or guard to meet what seemed like something insurmountable. And so I love the idea of this young, fragile girl wrapped in armor to protect herself. Yeah. And this idea, so I put the 
the halo behind her of faith and then a sword of light as um, the things of truth and purpose that push you forward. Not to say that I'm Joan of Arc, but I think for me, her archetype during that period was very, was very powerful. And I showed my dad who we're not Catholic, but we're people of faith and showing him that before he passed, I remember he said, Vershka, will you sell it? I said, to you, daddy, he goes, how much would it be? And he was skin and bones by that right. point, you know, right. and I'd be like, daddy, I'll give it to you, even though it's worth thousands. <laughs> um, but grief for me felt like that, where all of a sudden yeah. you feel regressive and you feel fragile and you want to protect yourself. Mm. Um, and I think I'll always grieve my dad. I think, I think, you know, the, the longer the, 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 the loss is, I think some of the pain diminishes, mm. but you walk around with this invisible part of you missing, this amputation, mm-hmm. essential part of you missing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hard thing. Yeah. That's yeah. A hard thing. But I do recommend, I, I do say, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about it. Find a safe place, someone safe. Yeah. My babies, this is the hardest part for me was grieving while I had children right. because you know, when you're, when your children see you crying, right. they uh-huh. feel like their world is compromised. Right. So my right. baby, I also want to be honest. Right. So my, my babies, they're eight and they're eight and nine, but they're, they're going to always be my yeah, babies. They're always going to be your babies. Yeah. They say, mommy, mommy, are you okay? And right. so for a long time, I said, I'm very sad, right. but I'm okay. Yeah. Right. But I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's okay to be sad, okay to be sad and yeah. you are okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful for, for me, I'm, I'm a pretty open book and I share lots of stuff, but there's a real side of me that's extremely private and beyond privacy to people that just don't get this. And so, you know, I, I was nine days before I told anybody mm-hmm. and, and some people contacted me, not because I was ashamed of it. It, it was, it's my deal. It's my thing yes. to me. The worst thing in the world is to lose control and have someone see me bawling and blubbering. That is as a kid growing up. And I, you know, I was telling someone else today the, about the funeral. And I said, my, my dad was Lutheran and, and the church that he went to, um, Missouri Synod Lutheran Church in Casper, Wyoming, the altar is right in the center. Mm. And in there, so, so there's a cube and then you've got four seatings on four sides of this, right? So as the family, when we came in, everybody's staring at me. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. It's, it's, I'm okay having people talk to me and st- when, with this kind of stuff coming yeah. to me is perfectly fine, but that was a really private, intimate thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, do I look at the people in the audience and smile and tell them it's okay? Cause it's not okay. I'm not okay. And when right. people ask me, I, I remember Jay Morton hugging me. He's, he's, I mean, I, I've known this man since I was a baby. He lived across the street from me. I mean, you know, I know him so well. And he was there when we were walking in and he hugged me and he said, are, how are you doing? And I said, I'm not doing well. I'm very sad. And he said, I know. I said, I'm just very sad. Mm-hmm. But through the whole funeral, you would think that my family had zero emotion. So there's <laughs> five children and then five grandchildren. And we're all there and we're sitting in our pews, not in, including in my mom, not one tear was shed. Mm-hmm. We sat there. I mean, as they're singing things, I'm sitting there. They're sitting, mm. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm doing nothing. I'm, I mean, and, and, and that's how my siblings were. That's how my nieces and nephews were, my daughter. 
when the funeral was over and we went outside and it was a military funeral, mm. what got me there for the military funeral was not my dad because I mm. was okay with this, but when they came out and they gave him the honors and they're folding the flag for my mom Oof. and they come to hand this flag to my mom, mm. I put myself in the situation of every other family, mm. military family that has mm. ever been handed a flag, mm. and the <laughs> sacrifices that those people made. Mm -hmm. And I know the sacrifices my dad made for us, but mm. I've always said that I am the person I am because of my mother, not because of my father, but mm. my moral compass is there because of my father. Is mm. my dad that it was, it was, there was no gray matter. It was right or it was wrong. There was mm. nothing in between there. And so for me, that was a time. Now, of course, it's, it's really bright outside. I have sunglasses on and I get teary eyed and things like this, but I was okay with that because you can't, I'm, I'm hidden behind my, my glasses. And so for me, having someone see me that emotion, and I, you know, I'm okay with having emotion. I just don't want people to, I don't want to. I don't want to have to try to comfort someone that's comforting me because, because <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're feeling bad for me. And I'm thinking, oh God, don't, don't feel bad. It's okay. You know? Yeah. So for me, that private part was just, and mm. it was, it was just a weird thing. Now, well, now um, I was talking with the lady that I've long armed forever and ever. And she came in and she said, what's this on your shoulder? And I said, she goes in, in memory. And so, you know, we wear, um, uh, you know, Jews wear a, 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 a piece of black fabric or you tear your fabric on your left side and mm. um, you you can I mean people say she, she said oh, how long will you wear that and I said I, I don't know probably up to a year I don't know if it'll be a year or if it won't be a year I, I I don't know it might be 20 years I don't know because you know your your shoulder you know your heart's really there for people to see that part but part of the comforting thing for me with grief and like you said is talking about it I want to know people telling me stories about my dad mm. and things mm. like that, you know, because that's the only way we get our memories for the, these people to continue on our lives is if we speak their names and we have memories of them and having his former students that, you know, came to the, the mm -hmm. funeral, that was, you know, that was pretty cool to have that. And I don't know, grief, like you say, it's a weird thing because most yeah. of the time, and as an adult, I haven't lived with my parents for 40 years, you know, right. but, I talk, but I talk to my parents every day, every day. I call my mom and dad, you know, except for, you know, like there might be a few times that I don't, but I mean, they're going to, they're going to hear from me every day. And when I call now, and my dad used to get on the phone and he, and it would drive <laughs> me crazy. Cause it's like, okay, move your mouth away from the phone. So I'm talking <laughs> to my mom today and I'm thinking, I'm not hearing. <sighs> and I kind of got a little sad because I'm like, I'm not going to hear that. That yeah. what annoyed me. I'm not <laughs> hearing that anymore. But I embrace that part of it because it's it's funny now. You know, there are things yeah. I do that are funny. And, um, you know, and, and and for me, I think that the story that, you know, my my dad died. He looked at the very last person that he saw was my mom. The You know, the person he's been with for 73 years, well, 72 and a half years. You know, he he looked at her. And he died. And, and there was, you know, we weren't expecting it, it was yeah. so unexpected. So that was, that was good. But 
everybody mourns a different way. Everybody. My mom, she talks to every, you know, they're doing the military stuff. And this guy walks out and he goes, Hey, Pat Rice, you probably don't remember who I am. And finally the funeral director had to move because the military's not stopping what they're doing (laughs) for you to chit chat with this guy, you know? Oh my gosh. But I, I like what you said, Rochelle, about there are some things that are sacred to you. And that should be held within your own space that don't need to be shown or shared with someone. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, number one, it's important to recognize what are the things that are sacred for me that need to be kept within my my own little heart box? And what are the things that I can extend to others that is outside of that? And, and, and I think it's, it's wonderful when people are able to recognize that. Now, I also see that, you know, when you have lost someone, for some people, they have sort of the, um, the emotional scaffolding to be able to work through it a- and move forward. But for some, it is a debilitating experience, right? right? Yeah. And, and I think that sort of reflecting on your story, reflecting on mine or anyone who's listening, you know, if you are dealing with a loss or the fear of a loss mm-hmm. to recognize that that fear is very valid, it oh, yeah. is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And to recognize right. Right. that you have the innate resiliency within you to take one step at a time, one right. day at a time and to find those seek those Right. around you with whom you can hold on to in those moments of weakness and, and talk about right. your loss. Because I think for those who grief is debilitating, right. it is important that you find some, some scaffolding, right? Like a broken, a broken muscle, a broken leg or a broken right. limb, yeah. some support to right. get you back on track. Yeah. And, and I, and you know, um, Leslie, the reason why social media is a funny thing, it's hard to know what to share, what not to share. I'm, I'm always struggling with that. One of the reasons why I did decide to share about my struggle was because it was very much impacting my life. Right. right? And I think oftentimes people want to pretend my life is, right. look, my life is perfect. And that's why I create, yep. you know, my <laughs> life is perfect. And that's why I yeah. smile. And yeah. I wanted to demonstrate, no, my life is right. going through a very hard chapter. And yet I smile. Right. And yet I choose to find joy. Yeah. And yet I choose to find sunshine in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of suffering. I choose joy. I yeah. choose to move forward. Yeah. And and I think that 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 for me was very important. That life right. has its struggles right. and many of them are unseen, but yeah. we can choose what our tomorrow will look like. Yeah. Cause I had written, it was funny because I'm like, you're always so positive. Yeah. We were talking yeah, we about, were. I was like, you're always so positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where does that energy yeah. come from? Choice. Because, but you choose it. Right. Right. I we choose, all, oh yeah. We mm-hmm. all get to choose that, right. whether we're going to bring our full self and our full energy towards positivity mm-hmm. Or negativity, right? Like we can, and it's not a toxic positive. Like, oh, everything is fine. Everything, no, no. Life sucks. Life is hard. Adulting terrible. Having all the responsibilities is fun, and yet 
either I feed the goodness and right. and and possibility in my life, or I feed the I can't, I'm not good enough. Oh right. my God, I messed up. Everyone saw I made a mistake. Yeah. I better go hide. I better give up. I don't know what I'm doing. Or yeah. I better learn about customer service. Right. I better learn about shipping. I better right. learn. <laughs> I better right. learn the technology. Yeah, well, you exactly. know, when when I went through my divorce, um, you know, it was very, very, very painful and horrible. I was like really bad. And um, I remember, you know, I was sitting with this counselor and I was like, you know, I don't know what, you know, this is like all new. This is like, you know, this is not what I wanted. This wasn't it. And I left there and she had said something and I was kind of like, what the heck, you know, and I, I was driving in my car and I thought, okay, I have two choices. Mm. I have to get better. Mm. Or I'm going to get bitter. So what should mm. I choose? Because that's it. So when then I the next week when mm. I go back to her and we're talking, I said, well, I've made a decision. And she said, what's that? And I said, I, there are only two things I can do. I can either get better or I can get bitter. And I'm not a bitter person and I don't want to be bitter. So I yeah. want to get better. So I need to figure out how do I make this better? Even though it was still terrible, it was painful, it was horrible. And same thing, you know, going into this death because divorce really is a death of a marriage. You, you yeah, know, you it's, more- it's almost worse. And because- because you can yeah. still see that you can, you know, I'm never going to yeah. but I can walk into a restaurant and see my ex-husband with someone and, or, you know, right. see what's going on in his life, that my life's not part of that. And that can hurt all over again, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. even 20, 30, 40 years later, but it doesn't hurt the way it does because, and so with my dad's dying, I'm thinking, you know, I could get really, really ugly about this and, you know, it's not fair and beat on my chest and do all that stuff. Or I mm -hmm. can just say that I'm sad but I accept this. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's, it's not always. And Jeannie, when her mom, when she went through some real painful things, yeah. her mom's thing was, you're not always going to feel this way. You're mm -hmm. not always going to feel this bad. Yeah. And it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is true. It, it's, I'm not always going to feel this bad, but it's okay to be sad even mm -hmm. however long, because, you know, pretty big part of my life. And, right. You know, had yeah. some impacts on us, but um, I don't know, you know, there's no right way to grieve. Everybody gets to grieve yeah. how it works. For that's them. right. You know, there, there's not a, there's not a prescription that's out there that says, oh, you know, you're going to do this step and this step. And I know they say they're the seven steps and you come in and you go out of them, but, but find your Joan of Arc. That's right. Find your Joan of Arc. Ooh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. That Rushka, this was so good for my yeah. soul. I, I, and I know that this, <laughs> I know that our listeners, your followers, yeah. they're going to be listening they're going to love this story. Yeah. And I believe wholeheartedly that someone, even if it was one person yeah. that needed to hear all of this, yeah. it's going to benefit from that. And I, and it could be just me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's just me, but I don't think it's just but me. I, I think other people I just are felt too. like there's something on my heart that in, and I'm just, we were just going to follow yep. it today. Yep. And, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we do have a fun thing. We do have a fun thing. We'll end with. <laughs> We want to ask this first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go so, ahead. So when we had Doug Lico on, I said to him, I said, so Doug, I said, if you, if Mattel were making you a superhero or not oh. you know, an, an action figure, what would be your two accessories that the action figure you would come with? So I'll let you think about that. Cause, and then we're going to throw another one out. What are your three, three P's? P's? The three. My, I did think about my three P's. Well, I know, so that, 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 on that. We always and tell was, people that one to think about. Yeah, that one was how okay. like. So I came up with playing with my babies. Oh. But it, it was really snuggling is my favorite, uh -huh. but playing will be close. Okay. Paper piecing. Paper uh piecing. -huh. That's two P's. And I love me a good pasta while I'm wearing PJs. 
a little prosecco ain't hurt nobody. Oh, you know, but okay, so we've got pasta prosecco, delicious pasta and PJs with oh that. Uh -huh. Oh I my mean, gosh, you have right that's the piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. I love so, that. So, so you're throwing you're throwing our pee in because generally make yeah. it all food, but you threw some other pee activities, which is okay because yeah. you did get prosecco and you did get pasta. pasta. So we're hey, I did. How, how about popcorn? Are you a popcorn lover? I, I like popcorn, likes it. How about but I'm not cream? obsessed with popcorn. Yes. My boys are obsessed with popcorn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your boys can be your other people okay. for popcorn. So now we're going to switch back to what would be your two accessories that you would come with you? My problem <laughs> with like, these oh, questions oh, is <laughs> that I think sometimes I just, I go a little too, to like my heartstrings. Uh -huh. I cannot see my life without my children in it. I just, okay. I can't. Okay. So okay. one would be holding on to my babies on one okay. hand. Okay. And the other would be my sewing machine. <laughs> see, I know they're good things because, you know, I mean, I yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because when you said PPPs for the longest, so I, I went to grad school, went to post-grad and I, and I started a PhD program. And for a long time, I was about this, this doctorate. Right. right. And then I found out after 10 years of not being able to have babies, that we're going to have babies. Uh -huh. And there was like this fork in the road where I was uh -huh. like, do I do this or do it? So in another chapter in my life, it would have been a, my PhD, but now it's Prosecco and pajamas. <laughs> so it's my babies and my sewing machine. That's my, this is the chapter in my life. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I was thinking that, you know, when you think of what the things that came out with Barbie, I mean, sometimes Barbie had her poodle, sometimes oh. she had a microscope, <laughs> sometimes she had, you know, so, so you having your babies in there, Barbie wouldn't have had it. the babies in there, but that's a very, very good thing. So we got to throw this out to people that are other people we're going to be interviewing. Keep that in mind, people, because you know I'm going to. We're always going to ask you about the three P's. <laughs> now that we've got the action figure thing going here, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, so. Maruska, <laughs> you were the best. Been so, so generous with your time. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us, and um, and you're welcome back anytime. Yes. Oh. You're one of our pod I'm a part squad. of the pod squad. That's right. You are part of the pod That's squad. Right. You part of it here. So, so I'm going to wind us down here with this, even though I don't want to go because I'm enjoying you. But I do know, I do know you want to go probably get some pasta and some prosecco with these boys <laughs> and, uh, and, and parent with those when your PJs. So here we go. So it's you can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think and you'll you'll grow. And that's from Mr. Rogers. So I love that. Till next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Big hugs, friends. We thank you so much for listening and look forward to another one. So until next time, stay, stay inappropriate. inappropriate.